0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Morning Dump NBA podcast. Just ready to get into the shits with y'all this morning. You already know how it be. Welcome back you already know all the time my co-host JJ James Jackson you already know how it be rocking that Buccaneers super bowl t shirt y'all you, you five already five
1: know tab a herbie you tell us until next february so I'm gonna call us <laughs> until next february yes sir
0: but who 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 do you actually root for cuz i've 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 wondered this who do actually root for? Oh, in the NBA? Actually, in the NBA. Who do you actually root for? Because I have been wondering I've been this because so broad promise from yeah. the
1: years of 2005 to 2019. I was like a hardcore fan of whoever CP3 was on. So I was I was a legit Hornets fan, Clippers fan, Rockets fan, and then man started you know started being a nomad, started being a, a drifter. So it takes me a little bit to fully buy into a team, like you know what I mean, like to to get fully into the culture of the Thunder, or the culture of the Suns and it takes me about 35 40% of the season cuz like you know I got I got to right I got to get the the full scope of things and then he moves again so it's hard like I don't know if he's here with the Suns on a one year rental again so it's hard for me to be completely in and this is the first year where I find myself like rooting for the Sixers as a as a team more than rooting for the team Chris Paul is on more does that make sense mm, like I'm still going right. to follow him I want him to succeed but like this is probably the first year in a long time where I pay attention more to the Sixers as a whole than I do the, than the Sun so as a whole.
0: So you're a big culture guy because I'm, it seems like I, I you you trying to vibe vibe with the culture I and that culture doesn't work and out. Like,
1: <laughs> like and I don't I don't want to cast any aspersions on the fan bases, but it's like like it's hard to to completely get into a culture in a couple of games. Like I gotta fully get your vibe, and right. I don't even think I rocked with the Thunder culture all that much. Like. Mm. it was a good team but
0: well how do you feel about that that the the chris paul mentorship of of those guys though
1: i mean i i love it and i and i love that it's finally getting put on full display what he can do for young guards like his his full array of of you know nba knowledge and i was saying this on my other podcast straight Facts podcast shout out um that i think this admiration of chris paul and what he does for the game has has come later in his career like everyone loved him when he was dragging a Hornets team that shouldn't have gone to the second round to the second round. But I think you know Clippers and Rockets, Chris Paul. Like I don't. know, For some reason, people didn't really rock with him all that much. Like if you if you right. were a, a fan of his already, you liked him. But like when he was with those teams, people like you know people people had their negativity about him. I didn't really I didn't really get it. But then when he went to the Thunder, people were like oh oh shit, look what he does with a Thunder team. Are we doing it again with the Suns? Now nah, he's. He's go to, he's solidified top point guard. In and I'm, I'm guilty
0: of this too, because when we saw him go to, it seems like we talk about Chris Paul all the time on these podcasts. I'll do it
1: all like, day, every day. Okay. You, know, you, know <laughs> that. you know that.
0: But, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I was guilty of this as well, where with, with Chris Paul, it's like, even like you said, on the, on the Clippers and on the Rockets, it's like, all right, well, are we fully, it, it's almost like we sort of forgot about him, but mm. not really. Well, um, and I think that the, the NBA fan base wasn't fully bought in on his whole, you know, mantra and everything that, it, that that he's been playing for.
1: For some reason, when he went to the Clippers and the Rockets, people forgot how good he was. Like, he went to the Clippers with a, a rising Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin was the right. favorite of the month when he went to the Clippers. Everyone thought Blake was the reason they were doing all this. Then he went to the Rockets, teamed up with a guy like James Harden. Obviously, James Harden is going to be the focal point of, of nine offenses out of ten then the only offense he's not the focal point is the Brooklyn Nets. Like every other offense he's in, he's, he's the focal point. So people then thought, you know, this isn't Chris Paul, this is James Harden. Then what happens? Chris Paul gets injured. The Rockets get knocked out. Everyone's like, Oh, like it, it was, it was him. Oh, he has, like, a, he has an impact. Oh, on the he game. got a crazy impact on the game. And then now people are, people are finally recognizing it. So better late than never. So,
0: so a light segue into our, our Actual topic, broadcast. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 still on Chris Paul and, and and Harden actually. So did you see this the the All Star game uh, that that happened this past week? Giannis won MVP.
1: Yeah, I had to fight um, to stay, stay awake through this All Star game. Team LeBron, <laughs> Smackdown, Team Durant.
0: <laughs> but did, did you see that uh, uh, through the a, a little bit through the third quarter where I think Chris Paul went up for a rebound and. And start uh, right on Harden, mm. and Harden gave him a little shove. Gave him a little and, he gave him a little
1: shove. And
0: song. I'm all, I'm all. F- how are, how are you for that? I'm all for that. I love the little bad blood that they got.
1: I I, I mean, I like it, and, it. and
0: and you could tell that that there's some sort of animosity there there's because there. Chris Paul was trying to, you know, Chris Paul's a team guy. He's all about passing, working the ball. When Hart is going one-on-one, you know that he was pissed those few years and in Houston.
1: Chris Paul is not a guy. It's funny because I think at first, Chris Paul's not a guy to air that publicly. I think when he first gets the grievance, it's a locker room thing. Like, you know, if they, if they lose a game that he doesn't think they should have lost on the stretch and James Harden went, you know, one for five in his final six shots and they're all inside the last minute and, you know, CP goes up to him in the locker room. He's like, yo that kind of ball don't win like we we got to share the ball we got to move the ball if you're hitting shots that's one thing but we got to move the ball then if you keep doing it and keep doing it he gonna say it to you on the bench like now now he's gonna like come up to you mid-game and be like no we're not doing that anymore like move the ball let's get some good looks James Harden don't get challenged like that man this is this is a what three-time scoring champ you know this is this is a a guy who is a former MVP like he don't you're not used to getting challenged like that. He's not used to getting told like, yo, this style of offense is not going to work. Stop doing it. And I think CP was one of the first guys since he left the Thunder to actually challenge him on that straight up in front of people. And James Harden, I I can imagine James Harden didn't really like that. I have no, I have no proof, no real evidence, but I can imagine he doesn't like something like that.
0: So what do you find the difference between Brooklyn and in Houston, in that narrative, at least for my opinion, Brooklyn's got Harden sort of taking this backseat as a playmaker, and, and and sacrificing a lot more there, and allowing KD and Kyrie to sort of work and and, and score a lot more mm-hmm. while he's the primary facilitator. And we talked about that on on previous podcasts. And yeah. what did you what did you also think about the All Star game and the game itself with Durant not playing and Embiid not playing? Yeah. Like that was the whole different
1: yeah i'll dynamic. answer your first question real quick because i think the all-star game is like the the bulk of what we, sh- we should be talking about but but well, the difference between the rockets and the nets is the nets have kevin durant like that, that like it, it can it's, it's that simple like there there is there is two maybe three players in the nba that james harden should be feel should feel comfortable taking a bat back seat to one of those is kevin durant and then the reason why he's the facilitator is Kyrie said to him, I don't want to be the point guard. Can you be the point guard? I want to be in a guard scorer, an off-ball guard scorer. James Fionn was like, I get to have the ball in my hand for most of the shot clock? Absolutely, bro. Go stand over there. If you get a pass, make the shot. Um, so I think that that is the difference between him going to a team that he has to assimilate into and someone else coming to his team and him telling him, this is the way we do it. Right. And then that person firing back like, okay, that may be the way y'all do it, but it's not going to win. So we should do it this way. Like there's, there's a difference in that. And he had to buy into a culture instead of trying to get someone to buy into his. So that, that's the difference between that. The all-star game was dog water. That's the dog water of the week. The whole-, the whole Oh,
0: dog water of the week is the, whole, the all-star game.
1: The whole weekend. I mean, you get a blowout of an all-star game, you know, with, with Team LeBron, Seymour, they won all four quarters. They, they never trailed. And then, you know, the, the MVP front runner gets a haircut, gets contact tracing and can't play. And I, that waters down the product. That waters down what's on the court. You can see a lot of guys, LeBron included, and he said he was going to be that, checked out. Like, he's there physically, but I'm not there. I'm not here mentally. I don't want to be here. Like, I, like he probably— he only wanted,
0: played 12 minutes.
1: He probably worried the whole time. Like, man, am I going to get COVID when I leave here? Like, am I going to have to miss some games? Like, he probably worried about that the entire time he's on the court. Probably not wanting to shake hands and all that. So, like— I don't know. I've sounded off on, on the all-star game. I I thought it was pointless. I mean it So was, is
0: the All-Star is the All-Star game or the entire weekend your dog water of the week?
1: It's close to the entire game. The three point contest saved it. Three point contest was was mm. a dope three-point contest. That was a that was a fun three point contest to watch. Well,
0: biggest biggest shock of the weekend.
1: Biggest shock of the weekend. That's 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 a good one. That's put me on the spot. The, the biggest shock of the almost almost want to say Sabonis winning the skills challenge really but, but but the skills challenge have been won by a big man for like the past 3 4 years so i probably for the last 6 years i probably shouldn't yes. be that shouldn't be that surprised um i think giannis winning all star game mvp i didn't see that i didn't see that coming and the fact that he didn't miss a shot and he took 16 of them uh, 16 field goals is a lot to take in an all star game when you got to share the ball
0: it's 3 3 from 3 as well yeah, <laughs> like, back threes. how
1: fluid he looked. and and i want to point something out you see how good giannis looked when he got superstars around him
0: Exactly. I made a post about that yesterday you see with, how good? with Giannis and playing around guys and said how he's going to be a guy that's going to go and request a trade in a few years. Because I think that he's going to see that Milwaukee is not a place that people where you can go to, yeah. and win High level championships. Milwaukee well, well, might get there one of these years with with Middleton and Holiday, but at the end of the day, you know I, I don't see them, you know, really progressing and winning a title.
1: Not with right? Middleton but, and Holiday. But what I think Giannis has to do is take a little bit of responsibility. What, it, what Kevin Durant recruited James Harden and Blake Griffin to his team. If you're a superstar, you got to make other people want to come. Like Blake said it. Blake was like, "The reason I chose Brooklyn is because." KD sold it to me. Like KD came to me personally was, and, and talked me into signing. And I think Giannis has to, has to take a little bit off of um, Milwaukee's plate and, as the superstar, say, yo, if you come here, we have a legitimate chance to win a championship. Not just sit back and tell Milwaukee, go get me somebody, because it's proven. Who the hell wants to sign to Milwaukee? They like, don't want to go to. No one wants to live in Milwaukee. Yeah, no. There's no it, It's immediate cold, opportunity cold in winters.
0: Nobody wants it. they
1: has got like a, a week and a half of summer. Like no one wants to live in Milwaukee. No, there's no, there's no, you know, exposure opportunity. What's the What's the main
0: like tourist attraction in Milwaukee? Does anybody know?
1: Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I, don't, you know, like, I pack, don't know. You got like, a Packers game. I was about to say Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's literally there's there's nothing there. So I think Giannis has to has to more on his shoulders. Be willing to reach out to someone personally and say, "Hey, big time free agent. Hey, big time player requesting a trade. How about Milwaukee?"
0: So here's an interesting thing to think about. Do you think that international guys are at a quote unquote disadvantage because they're not having that American AAU scene? For instance, you have the Brooklyn Nets all those guys are getting together because they all played AAU ball and, and, and all American ball together. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Blake Griffin's coming to that team. Cause he's one of those, he's one of their boys, right? Mm-hmm. Like they the USA they're, team. They're, we all we,
1: played on the USA team. They all won on a exactly. gold medal player,
0: too. And, and they have that bonding experience. Right. And these international players, a lot of times are not going and getting that same time. Mm-hmm. Right. W- with these guys. And it almost is so fully reliant on the big name guys or guys with their shoe company going out and yeah. reaching out to them because they're at those events, yeah, yeah. but they're not as much at these Team USA events. They weren't growing up in these these AAU tournaments and, and playing I, with. And I other. think it's a
1: good point. Like that's the culture, right? Like like you exactly. get to, you get to choose what if you're if you're among the best players in your state or in your county or your region, whatever, you get to choose pretty much what AAU team you go to, and you're like, oh, that team got X, Y, and Z. You hit up your boy and say, yo, yo, let's let's go, you know, play for this team because we can all play together. And I'm not I, you know, admittedly, I don't know like the European, you know, travel or, or AAU right. scene, quote unquote. But I don't know if they do me that. Me neither. So but, I don't want to speak on that. But I know that, you know, four players from this AAU team in America go to the league. One of every one hundred AAU teams in Europe even gets looked at for the league, you know? So right. it's not like Luca is bringing – You know, is is coming over here and seeing people he played ball with growing up. Luca don't know anybody when he come over. Giannis don't know anybody when he come over. You know, Denny don't know anybody when he come over. So when they they get to the superstar status, it's not like they got boys to reach out to that they grew up with. And it's not their culture to be like, yo, let's team up and be a super team. Their culture is get onto a squad, play my ass off. Let the let the front office put a good team around me, good players with me, and we all play together and go with a championship. Like they're they're not having to recruit themselves.
0: Right. And I think that's what's so intriguing about the All-Star game. And it's known that three years ago, LeBron took Giannis first first overall, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a t- and this is confirmed for him to recruit him to LA by the time his contract was up before he signed the extension. Uh, this year, I think he drafted him in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, first overall in the All-Star Game draft as a captain, and I think it also alludes to. I made a post about this this week as well about how LeBron James might be one of the best incoming owners. If he wants know, to be in, in the league, he's four and
1: zero. He's he's four zero when exactly. drafting his team, and
0: I think that helps his case for being a, a, a great owner in in the NBA scene to mm-hmm. come, evaluating talent and also recruiting guys. You see, remember when Magic Johnson went and recruited him to L.A.? Mm-hmm. He had him go and sit down. He's like, look, we could build you. You know, when Magic Johnson was the GM of the Lakers, sat him down and was like, look, LeBron, TV deals, movie deals, Space Jam 2, we could hit you with all this L.A. lifestyle, the paparazzi, you'll be a Laker, um, you know, and, all and on everything. sold him on the culture. Exactly. Exactly. And mm-hmm. everything will come around you um in in terms of uh everything other than basketball, right? And you could know, you could tell that it was purely not just a basketball move huh. for, for him to go to the league. I knows,
1: Brian so, know what he's doing. Braun know what he's doing. Drafted Giannis. first. I
0: that goes that yeah. goes to the same point with, with, with everybody with everybody else though, and how he can recruit them to his team. He did it exactly with Anthony Davis. Anthony, that
1: was my uh, next point. Anyway, did it with A D too? And I I will never forget when he drafted AD first overall two years ago, the smile that was on Bron's face and what and what did Giannis say? Giannis, isn't that tampering? Giannis knew it. Like Giannis knew exactly yeah. what Bron was doing. Bron didn't say anything. Like, look, I'm I'm in my I'm inside the You're on here. the board. I'm gonna take You're him. On the board, I'm gonna take him. And even if he if Anthony Davis wasn't about to, you know, get traded or wasn't about to be a free agent, Bron probably still would have had everything in his right to draft Anthony Davis first. This is a guy who's coming off like third in MVP voting the year before. Like this is you know, Anthony Davis is a Sunday, but Braun knew what he was doing. I think it's funny that, that Giannis knew it too. First of all, Dogwater can be Kevin Durant's drafting skills. Like we're going off about how good Braun's drafting skills is. K D dog. Like he chose to take all the first time all stars.
0: Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's all star team was a lot more ISO ball scorers and a lot more of his max he drafted, brand of basketball.
1: Max, Max. He 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 took guys like Zion like, fourth, fifth, like, fourth, fifth round. I'm like, hey, like, bro, dog, what are you doing? Like, what, like, what, what is you doing? I
0: don't know. I think he just went with this young hybrid Mike D'Antoni offense team. He, went,
1: he took all the first, and he, he didn't get stuck with any first-time All-Star. He took all, he took Zach Levine, he took Julius Randle, he took Zion, like, to, like, in what world
0: Everything we, to not take Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. But
1: in what world <laughs> should LeBron leave this draft with with this starting lineup, him, Steph, Luca, Giannis, like like, and and what? Yeah, What world should LeBron leave with that starting lineup? <laughs> like that, that don't make any type of sense. And he didn't. He, did he get first pick? LeBron. LeBron got first pick for the starters. Katie got first pick for the reserves.
0: Mm. And then he just Katie took Kyrie.
1: Kyrie. Katie, Kyrie. Yeah, Katie took his teammates, but like. Ben Simmons is on the board. and He took Zion. And LeBron, like LeBron, like LeBron trying to hold his face, but LeBron like, okay. I'll, all right, I'll, I'm going to take, take
0: Ben Simmons. And then KD is like, mm, I wanted Ben Simmons. I wanted all
1: Like, bro, what did you do? Nah, come on, man. Uh, the best thing, the best thing I saw all week was LeBron. Three people on the board. One of them being a seven-foot defensive player of the year candidate center and Rudy Gobert, right? They know. And Bron going, I need some size. Hmm. I'm going to take (laughs) Sabonis.
0: Yeah. They they all know. I'm telling you, they all know how dog water Rudy Gobert
1: is. Yo, and I get it. They're all all all-stars. There's no quote-unquote bad player, I guess. But the fact that we had this whole conversation about how Rudy Gobert was overrated, and then two days later, you know, Rudy's the last pick if, of all star If
0: Bron, if Bron and Katie back me up, that's the only assurance I need. If they,
1: that's if they sorry. could have not taken him, if they had the choice to not take him, I think Katie would have elected not to take him. Like Katie would have been like, he just left. Katie was him. not taking him. I don't whatsoever. Even want him. He didn't even comment on him. Like, like when LeBron took the last pick and Katie had to be stuck with him, like he just just sat there. So I'm like, all right, cool, I'll take Rudy. Like it just. He's like, damn. Yeah, right. they
0: both shut up and they mentioned nothing about Rudy not. Gobert. And then Barkley come at him and he's like, what's with the jazz slander? Yeah, because like,
1: Donovan Mitchell and like, Rudy ah. were the, the last picks.
0: <laughs> Yo, that's All funny. right. Um, And any last All-Star Game notes? Uh, did you think that uh, Giannis was, was deserving of of – uh, I, mean, I know he's deserving he went, of the MVP, but he went 100. Would you have field. put Dame
1: or Steph there? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that was going to be my last comment. Is I think like there were three candidates, all from Team LeBron, by the way, that could have won MVP, and I don't think anyone would have had a problem if Dame or Steph would have got it. Like they, I mean, what Giannis had 32, or Giannis had 34, 36. Steph and Dame had 31 and 32. Like, oh, everyone's right there. I think the only thing
0: those half court shots, man. half court shots,
1: that was the, unreal. The, the the and he went back to back with it too. Like that's so like that's so crazy. And like the the spectacle of the half court shots was cool. I think that, that could have put them in the MVP category. But the fact that Giannis went hundred percent from the field, it's not like he shot seven for seven. Man took sixteen right. field goals, three of them from three and made them all. Like I think everyone's like, all right, he that can't get passed up for Giannis. Like they, we we gotta we gotta commemorate that somehow. So Go ahead. Mom, are you, are you, go ahead are
0: are you are are you a fan and and in, in the boat of you like the all-star game now cuz i was i was I in between it. for a I while love i love it uh, because i i didn't necessarily like it but i love this this Elam format where they have the kobe bryant 24 whatever and you just play to catch up mm-hmm. i think that's great for the final quarter yeah, i uh, think
1: i think that's the, real, and, uh, and I, I think it's it's going perfectly to plan i mean they call it the the greatest pickup game in the world right and this makes it such more of a pickup <laughs> format and it, and it, you know, puts guys who, who never would ever have a chance to play on the same team together. You saw LeBron tweet afterwards, like, I finally got to share the court with Steph Curry and Dame. You know, that's, that's an all-time moment.
0: Him and Steph, ugh. Ridiculous. That is disgusting. Yo, you
1: want to talk about GM LeBron? Like, I don't think, like, everything to me, everything LeBron does is, is with a purpose and calculated. Calculated. And, and he don't fire off tweets like that without, it, without an underlying little something there. And I, I wouldn't put it past him to be in the locker room afterwards and be like, "Stuff." I'm just saying. I'm just saying, uh, Dame. I'm just saying. Damn. I'm just saying. Like, 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 look, 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 how fun the game was today. How easy it was today. I'm just saying.
0: I. We can leave it at that and take a quick break. Yep. This past week, the. Brooklyn Nets went and signed Blake Griffin over the All-Star break. Yes, he did. Signed him to a rest of the season contract. Mm-hmm. And there was a report that came out uh, from from Mark Stein saying he was only expected to play um, 15, 20 minutes off the bench, but I'm not 100% sure if if that will happen. J.J. feels very strongly about this. Now, listen, listen y'all, City listen,
1: stand. y'all, listen, y'all, first of all, it might be a little obsidian bias. I miss the, I miss prime time Blake Griffin. I miss him being a Chris Paul teammate.
0: But Who I don't
1: I don't want to go first. I want everyone to hear your crazy ass take first of what you tried to tell me Monday on Trust the Process live about Blake Griffin. I want I want everyone to hear your side first because this is crazy.
0: I don't think that Blake Griffin. Well, the the counter... What was the question? The, the counter-argument the, was... The
1: question was, should the Sixers be afraid or should the Sixers be worried about the next signing, Blake Griffin?
0: And I said, I'm not too worried about it. And my thought process uh, wasn't, and, and sort of still is, um, at least this season, I haven't seen much of Blake Griffin. He looks like a guy that isn't on... You know, he looks like he's one on one of his final legs. hasn't dunked in a game in a year and a half, two years. Uh, but aside from aside from that, I could pull out any statistic I want. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that Blake Griffin will have much of an impact. Um, but he will help the Nets. He will help the Nets as as a wing defender and a slasher. And I think the the point that was brought up was he's a much better slasher and better player. Than Bruce Brown or Jeff Green or any other guy that they could plug he's in. Now,
1: he's the fourth so best player in the Nets. He's the fourth best partner in the Nets now.
0: For sure. Um, and I've come to that conclusion.
1: I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad the four-day layoff. You're glad you got, but, you got some perspective. But
0: my my thing is, I don't think that him going to Brooklyn is an altering move where you have to shift up your entire game plan if you're Philadelphia.
1: Go ahead and don't. Go ahead and don't shift up your game plan to account for, for Blake Griffin. Like, go ahead and do it. You you bring out the stat that he hasn't dunked in two years. But we can't give Blake admiration for his game growing and maturing and now him being, you know, a, a, a point forward, very good in, in the open court as a ball handler, a much better passer now and facilitator, even out of the post. But even if he goes to the perimeter as a, you know, a 6'10", 6'11", player, how he can facilitate an offense. And then on the other hand, you know, kind of clown him for not dunking anymore. But that's not his, that's not the only part of his game anymore. Yeah, no, it's like, not, it's not
0: even about well, that. That's
1: not, that's not a yeah. negative thing that he hasn't dunked. And Max, yeah. one, of, one of the very first episodes, we talked about Blake's situation in Detroit. And we talked about how an unengaged Blake Griffin, like may be the most, one of the most checked out players in the NBA. And we both, we both, you know, didn't, didn't blame him for it. Like, what you, what you going to do? Go all out for Detroit. He tried to do and that what his first your, year.
0: What was your quote? It was uh, checked out. Blake Griffin is is not in locked in. It's not.
1: is not. A, checked out. Blake Griffin
0: is not an engaged. It's not Griffin.
1: engaged. Yeah. Right, right, yep. That's that's what it was. So checked out. Blake Griffin is one of the most unengaged, unengaging players in the NBA. And that and that isn't a great statement to say. Like I don't think any player wants that attached to him. But if you look at where he was in Detroit, like he tried his first year in Detroit. He shelled all out and drugged them to an eight seed. And then got blown. The, and
0: point the, games,
1: And then got blown the hell out in the first round. He was like, this, this is all that uh, I can't do much more. This is all I can do. I can't do much more than this. So well, what was he going to do in, in Detroit? Bring that team to what? So now he goes to a team with title and He's not the best player on the team. He's the fourth best player. And if you're telling me, if you're Philadelphia, that you can have the exact same game plan with now Blake Griffin on that next team, you're going to lose.
0: Blake Griffin's only 31 years old. He turned 32 and uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday of next week. Hey, so
1: I don't um, march babies
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> march, baby. Uh, but, I, um, but I, I honestly I honestly don't think that he but if you, if you're situationally looking at it in a playoff series, right you know, I brought this up on TTP live this week with with you. And the guys, uh, shout out uh, Josh Saf and uh,
1: Max uh, the
0: Reverend yeah. <laughs> and Coolish. <laughs> um, but w- 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 what I brought up this week was, you know, I, I so- you were hitting me up with all this, you know, Blake Griffin's going to make an impact, he's going to do this, that, and the other. And what I noticed was, you know, I did sort of get talked into it. But at the same time, you know when you have a lineup, and this is the main point I brought up. When you have a lineup of KD, Kyrie, Harden, and then Joe Harris to space the floor, and then Blake Griffin that can slash and just run the baseline and and stand on the corner, that's a problem, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. And if then the Nets are already uh, a big issue to deal with, and all they're missing is this is this cornerstone to go and, and in the slash. middle. And,
1: And and that's why it's specific to Philly is because, like, I think when Philly looked at, at least from a a fan standpoint, when Philly looked at the the Brooklyn Nets, they were like, yeah, they got KD, Kyrie, and Harden, but no one is going to go down there with Joel. No one's going to make any problems for Joel Embiid. And Blake's not going to D up Joel Embiid on the the defensive end. Not ever what Blake brought to the table. But what Blake does bring to the table is you can't just dominate Blake Griffin on both sides of the court with ease. He could do that to Jeff Green. He could do that to DeAndre Jordan. Whoever whoever they try to throw out there to him, there was no challenge for Embiid. Now there is. To make Embiid expend energy on his defensive end, moving around with Blake, bodying Blake, coming out to the perimeter, even having maybe to pick him up in a full court transition type of thing. And now if you're Philadelphia... Ben Simmons, like, you might have to put Ben Simmons on Blake at some point. You might have to put Matisse Stiebel on Blake on some point. Like, you, now you do have to switch around your defensive matchups. And, like, think about this closing lineup. I don't, I don't you, think it'll come to that. Uh, oh, bro, come on. Think about this closing lineup. You have three of the top scorers in the league, the top shooter in the league, and now one of the, one of the better power forwards, one of the better bigs in the league. That's, that's the closing lineup. And if you're telling me that, don't spell Blake trouble Griffin's for
0: free it it is trouble, but Blake Griffin is is not the Blake Griffin of five years ago.
1: No, he don't need to be. He's he don't need to be. He's the fourth option on a team now. He don't need to be. This no, is, I got you. No, yo, this this was, <laughs> this was the argument. This is the argument. And I need everyone to to DM Brainiac MBA on Instagram. Get yeah. at her, Tell us. My, my 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 stat line for Blake Griffin. I said I wouldn't be surprised if Blake could give me 15, 5, and 3 on the nets moving forward. I thought it was I thought it was
0: 16, I thought it was 16-6 six and
1: 3. It was like 15 17, to 17. Three. It was 15 to 17 points, 5 to 7 rebounds, 3 to 5 assists. So then I, I played it on the safe side 15-5 and 3. I can go 16-6 six and 3 if you want me to. That's fine. But like
0: look, I I hope I'm wrong. I'm a huge Blake Griffin guy. I have his I have his rookie card cuz I think he's one of the most underrated guys ever. I was telling you guys before uh on the pre-show, that he's 40th all time in points per game.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't know that. Boy, did like, you he's like 24,
0: 24.21. It's like 21.1 or something like oh, okay. that. Okay. Yeah, that's like that's true. That's pretty crazy. That means he came but, out the gate uh,
1: scoring. He came out that that's your rookie year on. You're you're scoring. Your, your yeah, rookie.
0: and but even even 3 years ago, he he averaged 23 a game, right? With with the Pistons mm-hmm. when they were 18, an Drummond and Reggie Jackson. So
1: he was an all star that year. Like, they like, hey, Blake, not too far removed. Like, not too far removed. But
0: they're, they're, I, I don't want to be the critic. And this is the last thing I'll say on Blake. I don't want to be that guy that, because I'm a, I'm a huge Blake Griffin fan. I mean, honestly, you've like talked me into like all of Lob City at this point. Oh, it was just, the, greatest, like, one of the greatest. For me, it was the greatest
1: <laughs> era in my, in my lifetime. That that four to five year stretch was not, not the greatest, but was the most fun team I've ever watched. That it was yeah. so fun to watch them.
0: For me, it's those. For me, it's like around that same era, but it's like the OKC Durant's
1: same and same era, Dubs yeah.
0: Spurs and one of the more underrated teams of that time well, was that those Western
1: grit and Conference that year.
0: Grizzlies. Yeah.
1: Well, think about it. Those years, all in those years, you had the grit and grind Grizzlies, the KD Russ and Harden and Thunder, the you know Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker, and young Kawhi Spurs. The Warriors were up and coming. the The Clippers were Lob City. You know it, all those all those teams were great. Kobe was still doing. You know Kobe was still making All yeah, Stars. The Kobe Lakers. Was it was the end of the Kobe and Powell era. Like that Western Conference was absolutely nuts for you know twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen. That Western Conference was crazy.
0: Fun times. <laughs> fun, fun time. Crazy. Uh, speaking of somebody else that it was on the move uh, last night pregame, Greg Popovich came out and said that Lamarcus Aldridge, literally like half hour before tip off, he's like, "Yeah, we're working to trade him." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see that interview by any chance? I, I, didn't. I didn't see the interview, uh, but anybody? I saw
1: I saw the report right before I was about to hit the sheets. I'm like, "Oh, LA on the move, LA on the move," yeah.
0: and it was I was like, "What?" It shocked like, me. I, it was. It, it, I think it shocked a lot of people, but um, I am a. I made a post about this uh, on on the little Marcus Aldridge, uh, um, you know, them trying to deal him. I'm a huge stand for these these seven foot European bigs, and I'm a huge Vucevic guy. I'm a huge mm. Sabonis guy. Mm. Um, KP, and another one of those guys. Uh, KP as well, mm. um, but I, I'm more of a, like a Sabonis Vucevic kind of guy because they play a lot more fundamental. I think mm-hmm. Vucevic um, or, or, or Porzingis rather uh, is a guy that sort of, it, he's a little too streaky for me. Uh, Porzingis. Nah, and he's had those injury histories. So that, that's that been a little concerning for me. But even at the gate, uh, when Sabonis was at Gonzaga and um, Vooch was at USC, you know, those are fundamental basketball players and they really groom their game to be who they are today. And that's why they're all stars. But mind you, my whole point is another one of those guys coming out of college and, and coming out of of, of Europe were uh, Jakob Portal. I'm a huge Jakob Portal guy, um, and I will go to the grave for Jakob Portal. You, I still have belief in him. You, Even though he had 30, 35 minutes and six points last night, I am for Jakob Portal all the way. Hopefully the breakout comes soon, but – He's a guy that I think can really come along um, and and play good minutes and and really start to to groom into a next nice young center. But then again, it doesn't look so encouraging. Like um,
1: right. yeah. that a six point performance on thirty five minutes. I do remember him at Utah. He had a great Utah. I believe they went to the Elite Eight or something like that. His they did. Did new year at they Utah that was really Kyle Kuzma would have been on that team too. Um, but they were, you know, that he was really good in college, but. With the LA situation, I think the same teams that were buying in for Blake Griffin that were buying in for Andre Drummond should be the same team, Boogie Cousins, should be the same teams. Now I think turn their attention to Lamarcus Aldridge Cause I think he's a better option than the all the latter guys that I just named, maybe minus Blake. But to me, he's a better option than Andre right, Drummond, so and Boogie. I'm,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some some teams and you tell me why there he's either a good fit or a bad fit the lakers
1: he's he's a great fit for the lakers because they need i mean you see ad's being in and out and you don't know exactly what ad you know what ad you're going to get coming back and they're missing that big man depth you know they wanted they were in on the andre drummond sweepstakes they've already tried to get boogie you know they they had talks with blake griffin as well so you go and get someone who's going to sew up the, the middle and give you that big man depth and imagine that your starting center is Anthony Davis, and then coming off the bench is Lamarcus Aldridge. Are you kidding me? That's that's exactly what they need. They they need that That's scary more low post scoring for the Lakers.
0: But what so so what role do you think he plays? He comes off the bench, maybe 15, 20
1: minute guy. Sure. Uh, maybe the 20 to 25 minutes, maybe maybe a little more, because they they like their they He's 35 years old. I know, I know, it's, he's he's old. And I'm and I am forgetting that they have Montres Harrell, but I don't Montres Harrell doesn't seem to be playing the same role. And the LA Clippers that he or the LA Lakers that he did with the LA Clippers when he was six man of the year, um, but he's
0: still he's still that 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 hustle guy yeah. to go and get offensive boards. And I think and, you
1: can play him uh, him in LA together. I think there's room to play Montrezl Harrell and Marcus Aldridge together I in the
0: lineup. I agree. What yeah. about what about the Clippers?
1: The Clippers are are a little less to me, but I think for for almost the same reason that big man depth. I mean, you you, you go down the line of their big men. I mean, Zubac has been has been really good for them. I think underrated, Zubac has mm-hmm. been really good. Yep, for um, sure. And then you just – you get that more veteran big man presence with guys like Serge Ibaka, you know, with LaMarcus Aldridge. But I think I'm a little less on the Clippers than I am on the Lakers. To me, it it seems like the Clippers play uh, a little, slow, little slower version of basketball than the Lakers. The Lakers love to run out in mm-hmm. transition, love to spread the floor. A little bit more than – That's the sort football. of the LA's game it is, but I'm I'm afraid it'll call the I mean lane. Right, right, right. That's funny. But I think it'll I think it'll it'll calm <laughs> the lane a little bit more. I don't think there's as much room on the Clippers offense than there is on the Lakers offense for for
0: LA. But I like that I like that lineup of I, I would like a lineup of Lamarcus Aldridge, Marcus Morris, Kawhi P. G and like a Reggie Jackson or something off the bench. I think that would be, you know, something that would be scary, but even scarier. What about him on the Warriors? Right.
1: Him on the Warriors is a little is a little scary. But the Warriors, they still want to run this spread out style of basketball. Mm. With with one with one big man in the middle. Like the, like and I know they're they're searching for, you know, uh the, the next you know the next level of big man. Um and, and in a reduced role, I think Lamarcus Aldridge gives perfectly You know what the Warriors could use a big, you know, a great rebounding, defending center who's going to be very active on both ends of the floor and give them. You know, he'll need to give them much twelve to fourteen points a game. we will do it. We'll do it for the Warriors. But does that really move the needle for the Warriors? And you're and it's a trade. It's not a free agent signing. So you got to for the Warriors who are still looking to put pieces back around Steph Clay to come back and figure out how they're going to make one last run at a title. Do you really want to give up assets to go and get a LaMarcus Aldridge who may not move the needle, the needle too much?
0: And that's the problem with Golden State because they are locked in uh, at the cap. They could keep going over the luxury if they really want to. They could give up like, second-round picks or in a protected first, mm-hmm. really, if they, if they wanted to for, for LaMarcus Aldridge. But they, they are locked in. Um, not much cap flexibility. They're paying $68 million in taxes in luxury taxes, yeah, right. not even salary, um, just right. to Kelly Oubre, not for the rest of the team. <laughs> so, um, you know.
1: And we were talking about the former. We were talking about the L.A. teams. Those are two teams who are, are buying for championship runs. The Warriors aren't always. buying for championship runs. I wouldn't mortgage, you know, the the immediate future to get an L.A. that you know, he doesn't move the needle for you. Like, he may make you a playoff team this right. year. And then and then what?
0: Yeah, because they're definitely not contenders by the time you hit. You know, by by the time you hit late late season, these late games, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't necessarily think he's a guy. Thirty
1: five year old Marcus Aldridge don't don't do it. For he
0: can you. still he can still give you numbers and play really well. He can still you know, move.
1: But, he's not gonna move them, and he's right. not right. He doesn't make them a contender all right. of a sudden. And you're giving up now. If this was just a free agent signing, go ahead and do it. Let him get immersed in your culture. Maybe you can re sign him after the season once he knows how good of a team you are. But to give up pieces for him now, yeah,
0: having in this David Lee David West role.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, and last thing before
0: before uh we have you sign off here, do you see that Lamelo report this week about Jalen Rose saying uh-huh. how they were supposed to take him at two, and Steve kirk called Lamelo and was like, "Oh, we're we're taking you. At what what does he say? Oh, hey, Lamelo, we're
1: we're taking you at two, and." That, that, that was Steve my Kirk really Cali bad voice. Steve
0: Kerr impression.
1: It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad in that, in that Cali uh, voice. Hey, LaMelo, we're going to take you at two. They had LaMelo on the live talking about it's up Holding up his twos. two fingers. <laughs> it's up, it's up. And then imagine that. Like, that's crazy how the NBA is. You get a personal call saying we're taking you at two. Two minutes later, they say James Wiseman. You're like.
0: <laughs> is, that, is that going to be the Warriors' biggest regret? And I mean you look last, at
1: and it's in him. James Wiseman is when James Wiseman is healthy he's playing very well but he hasn't been consistent LaMelo hasn't missed a game is now a starter and I'm sorry leads every rookie in pretty much every category so yeah they're gonna regret it a little bit and it put, I think it put a tiny little chip on LaMelo's shoulder like all right y'all like people still want to die I've been a pro since 17 people still want to want to mess with me and play with me like I'm, I'm, you know, I gotta come out here and prove myself. Right. Then, so. And i um, uh, shout out Puma fam. Shout out Puma
0: fam. <laughs> always Puma fam. Shout out when, when you have the <laughs> opportunity on this show. Uh, but I think when a guy that's 19 is doing that in the NBA, doing those things, um, we, we touched on this previously. We never thought that there was gonna be that that impact that quickly from Lamelo Ball. Yeah. And you know, now he's a
1: starter, and he might. He might bring the Hornets to the playoffs, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, um I, I'm not hundred percent sure what they are in the in the standings right nine, now, but
1: nine, something like that. They're right on the and, outside and looking it's, in. And it's very close that
0: Eastern Conference. They're currently yeah. like seven. Yeah. Seventeen for seven, and seven. Like they're in a
1: playoff spot right now. Like come you on. You have a man. barely five hundred record
0: in the in the East. You're making the playoffs. So <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: You're five hundred yeah. in the East, you might you might get a home series for the first round <laughs> if you're five hundred.
0: <laughs> All right, JJ, gonna have you sign off. Always a pleasure. Yes, We're back next Thursday.
1: Yes, sir. I love back it. Again. Morning dump podcast. We got we got some shit to yeah, say. Yeah, I,
0: I wish we could have some like shit sound effects, like like right. <laughs> the morning dump. Like, <laughs> Put that on there. All right, y'all. All right. We'll see you see, be well, stay well. See y'all next Thursday. Peace out.